Hey, man, and welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking how to understand and apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of your show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. What's up? It's been uh, a minute. Yeah, we were live, and then we went Then old, we were, it was Thanksgiving, time. so we threw one back yeah. on how to read your Bible. Yeah. Which may have been new for some of the guys. That's true. So that's a win. And uh, if not, and you already heard that one, hey, we're back live now, and this is a brand new episode. It is brand new. Welcome back to us. I guess you guys were there, but we're back. Hey, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Aside from the loud air conditioning that's running in the background again? Yeah, it's back. It's back. It's back. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can actually fix the the You go up, not down. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you go down, it's just going to keep running. It's just going to keep running. Trying to get colder. Yeah. But I was thinking. You were thinking. We haven't opened up the show talking about the Cowboys in a long time and I just feel like they're not There's even, a reason for that. They're though. not even worthy. But but even even when they took some L's in the past we would say, you know, they lost, we're coming back next week, but I feel like it's not even at the forefront of our minds to say no. let's just not bring it up. Let's just no. put it to the side and not even bring it up cuz it's not worth it. Cuz there's no hope. Last year <laughs> they were losing and at least you had the hope of well they need to fire Garrett and get a new coach in. Yeah, and we got they a new staff. Did that. New coaching staff. Yeah. And it didn't get better. And I mean, Dak's out, and our whole offensive line is just one giant injury. And I mean, there's there's bad. there's reasons, but there's just no hope. Yeah, there's none. I saw an article the other day that said the NFC East this year is the on track to become the worst division in NFL history. Well, in sad. the history of football. What's sad about it is like the Cowboys are two games out of first place. As, right? as horrible as it is, and the first place team is the Giants who have no quarterback and no star running back. And howdy doody on the sideline. And, and, and he's there. I didn't even think about that. So he's winning. He's Jason winning. Garrett is with the Giants. And he's winning. We talk so oh, bad about man. him and he's winning And he's right just now. smiling and clapping the at people time. the whole time. <laughs> yeah, what, anyway. That's what an important. unfortunate turn of events. Hey, but we're not here for that. No, we are not. here... Uh, I, I don't know where you're living right now listening to this, but if you're living in the, I almost said great state of California, if you're living in the state Ooh. of California, All right, um, you you're living in the nanny state of California, There you go. where we have a governor who's shutting everything down again. Everything. And I mean, I guess the good news is, is he said this is the final time because, you know, the, the savior of the vaccine is here and we're just going to not touch that topic with so the 10-foot you're, pole. So you're saying that he, he holds on tightly to every word that he says and he, we can trust him and that is what well, you're saying? Well, this week he said, hey, I'm going to shut you down, but good news is we're also going to stab you with a bunch of needles and <laughs> you're going to be okay after that. So, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, that was uh, the gist. Essentially what he said, yeah. But being locked down, yeah. we're going to have a lot of time with our family again. Again. And uh, Christmas time. Is right. coming up, so we've got a lot of time with our family as uh, as that approaches. Mm-hmm. Schools, uh, if they're not shutting down because of a virus, they're going to be closing down just for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And there's time with your family, so a, a lot of guys, even with New Year's around the corner, and maybe saying, "Hey, New Year's resolutions," maybe want to get a jump start, a head start on those, are thinking about how can I lead my family more effectively. And one of the areas that men often try to Uh, improve upon year after year. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But one of the areas that they try to improve upon is family discipleship. How do I lead my family well spiritually? Uh, How do I challenge my kids, maybe even challenge my wife? And what does that look like? So, uh, Kellen, you came across an article from the Gospel Coalition written by a couple of guys there, Matt Chandler and Adam Griffin on five lies about family discipleship. Yeah. So we figured we'd kind of 
take that framework mm-hmm. and not take their material, but but just kind of use that as a springboard to talk through some of these and uh, and how we can avoid these pitfalls. Um, as maybe you're looking at this year being a year that you want to improve in that arena of your life. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the first thing we need to do with discipleship is is be able to have a good understanding of that because that's one of those words that typically we throw around is discipleship, discipleship. And what is the intent behind discipleship? We've got podcast episodes on that subject. You could actually go back and listen to it. You can right now. You could hit find pause it. on this, go back, find that episode. Listen to it, then come back to us. And if we were organized, I'd be able to tell you it's episode number. Well, I was waiting on you. I thought you had it. I you don't. Were just, yeah, you were passionate I about don't. it. I okay, don't. So. You tune into Quality Manhood for the real time, <laughs> on the fly, off the cuff, biblical wisdom. That's it. Not something that's overly prepared and canned. All right. It would have been bad if like, episode 17, at the four minute mark, you'll right. hear us talk about exactly what, right. we don't need that. But we have talked about this. But to your point, Kellen, Listen we to do us need now. to understand it. Listen to us now. But uh, when you think about discipleship, it is with you being a husband, a father in the home, your family should be closer to Christ because of you and not further away. And so thinking about how are you teaching your family? How are you pouring into your family so that spiritually they continue to grow with you at the helm of the household um, and with your wife, with your children? And it's important that we have uh, some structure behind that. It's not one of those that uh, it's just a free-for-all. You just walk in and it's just like, boom, we're just going to you know, have some discipleship today. We need to have a plan with that. Right. And I want to back up to something that you just said, because I want to make sure that we pause on that, because I, I don't know if it's something that our guys think about as much, but it's true. And and I talk about it in premarital counseling all the time, that your wife should be a more godlier person because she's married to you than if she wasn't. Right. But you just said, man, your family should be more like Christ because of your presence in their lives than if you weren't there. We sometimes talk about the church in that way. We say, look, your community should miss your church if your church were to shut the doors, right? Well, spiritually, your family should miss you, men, if you're not there anymore. Mm. Uh, that's huge, Kellen, That's and you're, you're dead on on that. Yeah, we have a, a, a role to play that God has designed, not a better role, not a superior role, not a a more valuable role, just a different role that we play as the men in our families to set the tone spiritually for our families. All right. And absolutely, yeah, there needs to be structure to that. And so that's that's a huge thing. Where, where were you driving with that, Kellen, with this, this first point here? Yeah, we need to have structure when we look at discipleship. And so going into this Christmas season and even springboarding outside of that is what does your structure look like with your kids, with your with your wife, with just your family as a whole on how you spend time in God's word and how you disciple your family. Um, and as we go through this list, the first one that we have um, on the list that uh, Pastor PJ referenced is family discipleship isn't free form spiritual exploration. So that's a mouthful right there, but family discipleship isn't free form spiritual exploration. And so it goes on to say family discipleship is indoctrination, and we should be giving our kids, we should be giving our our wives the entire Bible. There should be some structure around who is Christ, what did Christ do for our life, and being able to pour into our families so that they know that. So so wait a minute, let me push back on that for a second, Kellen, because I'm going to play devil's advocate here. The world is going to say, you 
it's 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 borderline child abuse mm. for you to teach your kids that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only source of life. You should create a spiritual environment in your home where they can explore the different religions so that when they leave their home, they're not leaving their home as Christians because you told them to be, mm. but they're leaving their home because they've explored Buddhism and Hinduism and <laughs> Islam and these other yeah. things. And they, they think that Christianity is right. Isn't that the better way to go here? Yeah, I, I kind of chuckle at that because that's, that's real life. Like, you, you will get that. And no, absolutely not. The, the, we need to give God's word unapologetically. We don't need to apologize for God's word. This is what it's written. We are to be preachers and, and teachers of God's word and not to try to massage it so it, it fits nicely into our world because this world is dying. This world is, is, is going away. And all that's going to be left is... Christ, right? And right, and, and God has given you your kids as a stewardship. Absolutely. And his stewardship for you is not to raise little Buddhists or Hindus or Muslims. Yeah. His stewardship for you with your kids is to do everything, and, and we can't save our kids. I wish we could. I, man, mm-hmm. I would love for us to be able to save our kids. But your stewardship with your kids and my stewardship with my kids is to do everything in our power to raise them to follow Jesus. Yeah, and even more so on that, if we go out and tell our kids, hey, you can have anything you want, well, they're going to look at us and say, oh, well, Christianity is not that important then. The more that we let them know that this is the truth, you're going to hear other things. And I think it's important to also uh, not shy away from stuff, Old Testament, right? I think that's right. some things that par- parents want to do or uh, not want to indoctrinate kids in and say, oh, there's Old Testament and here's where, you know, they were selling women or whatever it is. It's like, no, they need to be taught that I'm, and understand the context. I want to come it. to your family devotions and find out how you're going to I know, right? I gotta wrap <laughs> that one in with, <laughs> Take with your kids. Yeah. But if we don't, then you're going to have people within the world that are going to say, see, this is why you, know, you shouldn't believe the Bible. This is a horrible God that you're believing. And if that's the first time that they're going to hear it, they're going to be afraid of that too, and they're going to second-guess themselves. But if you've taught them that at home, right. then they know how to defend that. Right. Right. Yeah. In, in other words, guys, teach them Jesus. Teach them God's word. Don't worry that the world is going to look at you and say, well, that's indoctrination. That's ch-. It's not child abuse. It's, it is indoctrination, but do you believe this? Right. Like, let's get to that, man. Do you believe that this, that eternity is at stake when it comes to the gospel? If you do, then you need to, to point your kids to Jesus and to Jesus alone during this family discipleship pursuit. Second thing though, is he, he goes on to say, the, they go on to say family discipleship isn't using God's word to get your way. Mm. Yeah, that one hurts, Yeah, right? Because how many times do we hold the Bible out there and say, hey, listen, God's word says you need to do this or you're disobeying God. Hey, God's omniscient. God knows everything. God saw what you did to your sister. You're telling me you didn't hit your sister. Well, God knows the truth. Mm. Are you lying right now? Because God, right? And we wield the the Bible in a way to get our way as parents. Yeah. And they're saying that's not what fam- family discipleship is. Right. Yeah, and you look at that verse in Colossians 3, it's like, Children obey your parents as it's pleasing to the Lord, and it's easy to use that one too. Is you know you're trying to get them to do something and use it, manipulate it, and you know they should be obeying your parents, but you shouldn't use that to get your way. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever the things that you're trying to do should be pleasing to the Lord as well, and therefore your kids should obey you because you are again the husband of the household that is that are doing things that are pleasing to the Lord. Right, because even if you think about a a man to man discipleship relationship, not a father son or or father daughter discipleship relationship, your goal is not to moralize that man. Right, mm-hmm. your goal is not to make him a a more well behaved individual. Your goal is to get him to love Jesus more. 
right? Well, that's our, our goal with our kids too. And sometimes we use discipling our, our families and leading our families to, to make more, you know, kind of Christian versions of the Norman Rockwell family and make them just more moral people. And that's not our goal. Our goal, man, is to cause our families to love Jesus more, not just to be more obedient to us, right? Yep. Third one there, family discipleship isn't a way to raise popular kids. What is that talking about, Kellen? Yeah, this is a big one right here. And um, you know, more often than not, parents are seen nowadays, especially um, sitting here in Orange County, is you know they push their kids towards uh, the most expensive trainer or you know, the, the best select teams and all of these things because they want their kids to be this next uh, LeBron James. Uh, they want this, their kid to be the next... Or Luka Doncic. T- or, or <laughs> I might start using his name because that's more relevant. Uh, they want their kids to be the next star. And so when you look at discipleship, we aren't looking at trying to put the next athlete out there. We're trying to, as you pointed out earlier, steward what God's given us as a gift in our children, in our, our family, our wives too, uh, but to point them to Christ. The sole goal in raising kids and being married uh, or specifically raising your kids is we want them. We want to see them saved, and so we want to put them in front of the gospel as much as we can. And if your kid becomes, if your kid is saved, then your the goal is there. You've achieved the goal as a parent, and, and the goal of getting them to the NBA that's not that's not the way to go, um, and that's not what we're looking for. Right, and, and not only that, but your kids aren't going to be popular with the world if you're raising Christians. No. You're going to be raising aliens and strangers in this world, and man, that's, that's what we want as Christian parents, but man, that's hard because when we think about our kids suffering for identifying with Christ, mm. that's not easy for us. I mean, every parent wants their kids to to do well in life. Every kid, every parent wants their kids to, to have success and to be, you know, loved. And it pains us as parents when we see our kids rejected, when we see our kids mocked, when we see our kids picked on, right? But if we're raising kids that are being mocked and rejected and picked on by the world, then we're doing something right Yeah. because we're raising kids to love Jesus. And Jesus is the one who said when he was going to the cross, look, if the world hated me, buckle up. Yeah. Because if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Right. Because if they hate the master, they're going to hate the servant of the master. And we're trying to raise servants of Christ. So, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be difficult. I like the way they put it in this article, one of the quotes there. They said, it's certainly not the goal to raise kids to be deliberately irritating to the world, <laughs> but it should absolutely be your hope to have children who will not shy away from what is true just because it does, in fact, irritate someone. Right. And that's it, right? Yep. If you're raising kids that love Jesus... Man, that's going to create friction points with the world. But we need to say, amen, uh, let it be so. I mean, that's what we want on that front. How about number four there? Family discipleship isn't a strategy to become an admired parent. Yeah, well, looking at it one way is it's not, we're not trying to be the cool parent. We're not out there trying to be best friends with our kids. um, And for them to say, like, I, I... I like everything that you do. There's going to be some things as a parent that, you know, our kids aren't going to like it. And it's supposed to be that way. Um, you know, ultimately they're supposed to know that we love them and that we care for them, but to, for our kids to think that we're going to approve of everything that they do, that's not the appropriate goal of discipleship. Our job is to discipline them, um, in a way that's going to be, again, point them to the direction of, of Christ and keep them out of trouble. Uh, but we're, we're not here to be the admired, the cool parent um, that much of our society is, is striving to be friends with their kids. 
Right. And the other thing too, men, and, and your wives know this world way better than we do, but the, the, the mom blog uh, world that's out there and the mommy wars that exist out there. And if you think they don't ask your wife, when you go home tonight, say, Hey, uh, do you know anything about the mommy wars? And I guarantee you, she's going to roll her eyes or give you a big sigh yeah. or go off on some diatribe on, on the mommy wars. And it's this world in which these moms, and it's, it's especially insidious within the church, judge one another mm-hmm. for how good they're doing at publicly being the, the, the best type of mom. Are you burning these? Do you, you don't burn essential oils, do you? It tells you guys where I'm at with this whole thing. Are you, do you have these essential oils in your home? Do you, are you taking your kid to that doctor? Are you even thinking about that vaccine? Are you right. homeschooling your kid or not homeschooling your kid? You send your kids to public school, you demon parent. I right. send my kids to public school by, by, way, by the way, so. We both do, so we can yeah, say so that. We're, yeah, so we can say that. Um, but we can fall into that as dads too, right? Sure. It's like, man, are, it, am I getting prideful over how I'm raising my kids and discipling my family? Sure. And that's part of it too here. It's like, you're not discipling your kids so that somebody else in the church is going to think that you're more godly. Mm. You're discipling your kids because you want your kids to be more godly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's so relevant within the church. Um Number five, family discipleship isn't always the most appealing path. Um, it isn't always the most appealing path. So, dude, it's e- it's easier to let Netflix disciple my kids. Yeah, right. I mean, that's kind of what we're driving at here. It's it takes work yeah. to invest in our kids and our families this way. It's easier for me to go, oh yeah, look at that. Why don't you watch another episode of that show? And hopefully you'll glean some morals <laughs> from that. And then I'll send you to church, and they can disciple you at church, and then. I'll have you do your daily Bible reading in the morning, and and oh look, then God will just take care of the rest, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's again the the world is going to continue to pull us at these different avenues other than discipling. So when you think about as you raise your kids up, if they start to play sports, then you get locked in with these other parents and things, and they're like, hey, you know, bring little Johnny over. I don't know who Johnny is. Why do people always use that name? But anyway, bring little Johnny over here to practice or send them over to our house. They can come hang out and play. And again, we need to be able to protect that time and structure that time for family discipleship um, and not let other things... um, get in between there. And it's so easy, again, to cut, turn on the TV. There's right. a lot of stuff. And it, it could be, you know, masked as educational. Right. Which is, okay, that might be good, but that can't substitute and that can't replace um, discipling our children. Right. Um, and even on that front, too, as you're thinking about how to and ways to and, and venues, uh, our very first episode of this podcast was called Redeeming Dead Air. And we talked about how you can take that time in the morning when you're getting dressed or when you're getting in the shower or when you're on your way to work driving. Anytime that you've got that dead air and redeem that for something positive, listen to a podcast, listen to an audiobook, listen to, you know, do something with that time, pray during that time, listen to the Bible during that time. Well, we have dead air oftentimes with our kids too. As you're putting your kid in the car to drive them to school or you're putting your kid in the car to drive them to church or you're picking them up from a friend's house, what are you doing with that drive time? what's going on? What conversations are you having with your kids during that time? Are you discipling in the dead air? Are you discipling when you are on a walk with them? Are you discipling when you are putting them to bed at night, those final minutes before you have, before you go to to sleep or they go to sleep? 
are you using that time to disciple them and to point them to Jesus? Or is that dead air being wasted with mm. whatever, just other stuff, nonsense? When you pick them up from school, are you listening to a, a talk radio show, a sports talk radio show, a political talk radio show? Are you just turning on music? Man, turn the radio off and, and invest in your kids. Because like Kellen said, your kids are going to be discipled and the world is more than willing to do it All if right. you're not going to do it. Yep. And so that that's always the danger and that's what we need to battle against. But yeah, uh, whether you're being locked down again or whether you're living in one of the, the states that's open now, uh, you are going to be spending more time with your family just because it is Christmas time and you're looking at a winter break with your kids. You're looking at more time with them. You're looking at New Year's res- resolutions coming up. Make this one that you want to focus in on and zoom in on to invest more, lean in more uh, to your kids and to those relationships with them. And we will be praying for you along that Uh, line. And in fact, we're going to do that even right now as we sign off on this podcast, men, but we will be back with you again next week.